Hello and welcome to the Comedians Outlook podcast. I'm Nick Anthony and as most of you will know, I've just been in Uganda. I do really hope you enjoyed the episodes that were released while I wasn't there. That was episode 8 with Preet Singh and episode 9 with Joseph Tennant. Both great comedians and both great conversations, so I really hope you enjoyed those. I was in Uganda for a very important reason, which was to have my kwanjula, which literally translates as engagement ceremony. It was an amazing function. I'm now officially part of the Buganda Kingdom and a son of the Enter Clan, which also means cow in English, and have been given a name in that clan as well, and that's Kowesi. So you can also refer to me as Kowesi now from the Enter Clan. Amidst all of that, I also found some time to speak to some comedians and some actors in Uganda and get an idea of what it's like to be an actor or a comedian in their in their culture. So for this very special episode, I was joined by Ugandan comedian Agnes Akita. She began as an actress and is now well known as a stand-up comedian in Uganda. Her performances are available all over YouTube and and if you're in Uganda, I highly recommend catching her at one of her many gigs. This is an intriguing insight, not only into what it's like to be a comedian in Uganda, but what it's like to be a female comedian in Uganda. Without further delay, this is my conversation with Agnes Akite. I really hope you enjoy. So Agnes, just to, just to start this off, just tell us a bit about how you first got into comedy. I understand you started with like a TV career before you went into comedy. I started uh, with acting, as you said. <laughs> and the way I got that role is quite weird. <laughs> how you got the Gaston role? Yeah. yeah. It, I don't think it was meant for me, but I was just in the right place at the right time. Mm. Because this is what happened. Uh, I had just quit my day job. I used to work somewhere. and well, what, what was your job you did? A front desk office. I had just left campus, and that was uh-huh. my first job. Okay. So I had just quit like a week after quitting. We used to stay with in a rent a house, four girls, four, four girls. Yeah. So we were four roommates. Then one of our friends, who is also a renowned comedian, Anne, can see me, Anne, came over to visit. Then she told Pamela, one of my housemates, said, oh, Pamela, there is this TV series, it's new, they are shooting it already, but there is this character, they are looking for someone who can speak the Lua language, and I thought of you, I think you can do it. Pamela looked at her and said, Anne, you tell Aggie, she's more courageous than me. <laughs> so Anne looked at me and said, Aggie, can you do it? I said, well, I'll give it a try. So the next day I went to their offices, Fast Track Production, the people who are filming that hostel series. I met the writers and they, they were reading for me the, the character. Uh-huh. And as they were reading, I could already see myself doing that role. So they asked me, can you do it? I said, yes. The <laughs> next day I was on set. We shot the first episode and it was just amazing. Everyone was just laughing. And that's how I got the role. <laughs> no okay. auditions, nothing. So running up to that, had you done much like amateur dramatics beforehand? So never. No, she'd Not never acted properly. Really? Most people were actually shocked. Most people who saw me on TV, my OGs, like the people I went with to school. How old were you at the time? It. Uh, it was 2009, wasn't it? Was it yeah, that was 2009. Yeah, yeah I've done my research. After <laughs> 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 this is doing lots of research. That's 2009, so you're quite quite young at the time when that happened. But you you never dreamt of doing acting or never, comedy. Never, not even comedy, not even acting. But now from acting, that's how the idea of comedy came in. Still, it's the same Anne. Because uh, in 2012, we had a, a gig mm. in in Lira. It was yeah. the women's something, gender-based violence, women's week. 
So uh, there's a company that contacted me Anne, and Omara Daniel. He's also a comedian. Uh-huh. They they asked us to go and do a few skits uh, during the conference there in Lira. Now on our way back, that's when Anne and Omara started talking to me and saying, why don't you join comedy? You already have the following as a rat and people love you. You're funny. So why don't you join comedy? That time I was pregnant, I didn't even want to hear yeah. anything. That's interesting because you, after that, in 2012, you took a break to have your, your second child, was it? Yes, please. Yeah, so, and then, and then once you, and you went back and you performed at the comedy store after your, your second child, was it? Or was it before your second child? Comedy store came way later. Comedy way later. store was last year. Ah, okay. But okay. before comedy store, I had performed at Comedy Files. Uh-huh. Uh, that is where I, it was I was signed actually to it that's why no one had seen me anywhere else I had signed under comedy files so after the contract ended I didn't renew it because I felt it was time to, to test other stages yeah. and different audiences yeah. to see how strong I was so from comedy files I started doing at rock bar there's rock uh-huh. bar rock comedy bar, yeah. then there is auto spa uh-huh. auto spa is in Munyonyo and then comedy uh, store Alex Mohanji contacted yeah. me one day and he's like, come and you perform something. So yeah. before before you went to the comedy store, you hadn't quite, like, you you had you had a following, but you had you didn't go viral at that point. But it wasn't until you went to the comedy store that you went absolutely viral. Yes. And, and suddenly that sketch, that, that stand-up you did about, like, your life and, and growing yeah, up and stuff yeah. just went viral across Uganda. Mm. How did that feel? You see, the, the the beauty with Comedy Store is that they have a very vibrant social media. Uh-huh. They have YouTube. They are very active. And then they also have a TV slot. So that helped in making that clip go very viral. Yeah. But what really made it a bit scary, eh? You know, when I did that show, it was like... You didn't no plan it. Show. So. To me, it was like a normal show I was going for. Just like a normal pub gig. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And then they showed it on TV and everyone was in my inbox. I was like, oh, thank you, thank you. So it was, yeah, thank you for appreciating. Now, when it landed on the page, there is a UK-based uh, blogger. Uh-huh. A Ugandan UK-based blogger called oh, Akensa. Okay. Akensa. Yeah, he uh-huh. has a very big following. One night, I woke up to do my 3 a.m. prayer. And then I something just told me, ah, first go on Facebook. And someone had tagged me in a comment. So I went and saw my clip was on his wall. That is when it got scary. Because now I realize this is serious. People now know you. They have seen your work. There is no relaxing. There's yeah. no, you know. Do you know what I find really interesting about that? Is that before I, before I, I mean, I did acting for many, many years. I did you know, I did comedy when I was 16 at school, which was way too young to do comedy. <laughs> and I gave it a break for many years. But I was always writing running up to now, you know, like when, when I started again or, or got serious about it again. And it's interesting that you, you you were slightly different in the sense that you never planned any of it. You never you never wanted to do any of it. You just happened. And you, people said, yeah, do this. You're good at this. Okay, I'll have a good of it. Go. Uh, someone said, okay, yeah, why don't you give this a go? Okay, yeah, fine, no problem. I'll do it. And so it just sort of went one after the other. So when it went viral, suddenly you got this expectation to produce yeah. more material. Mm. But you hadn't even planned any material. You just did that, that seven-minute set. 
for the comedy store and it went viral. So you hadn't even planned like your hour. Mm. Whereas a lot of comedians have already written their hour, but they just haven't performed it yet. So how did you, how did that feel? Did, did it scare you? It got scary. As I told you now, when it, it, it landed on, on Kakensa's wall, that's when it got scary because I am now forced to get out of my comfort zone. Yeah. I have to, to maintain, go higher and higher and higher. There's no going back now. And yeah, it, it got really scary, I, I tell you. So what's the next thing you did after that? Once that went viral and you, you received the scariness, did you then go and write lots of material and try and like <laughs> watch people do stuff so you can pick up lots of things to say? Or? I used to do that before, but now I had to get serious. Yeah. It, it's it has now to be quality business. as well. Yeah. Yeah. It, it has to be quality. You cannot now do mediocre jokes after that has gone out. So now you do, you do mainly stand-up comedy. More so than acting, or are you going back into acting as well? Um, doing both. Those stand-up comedies is more because at least every fortnight I'm on a stage somewhere. But yeah. acting comes once in a while. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So auditions come whenever they come. Yeah. Opportunities come whenever they come. There, we, there is one thing uh, we did. It's not yet out, but it's somewhere on on YouTube. It was. It's called Girl from Paro. It's an unconsumable production. Uh huh. I think that was the last time I acted. The next thing I really want to talk about is I just want to congratulate you actually on the, the success of Arise Women uh, Comedies Jam for the International Women's yeah. Day. Yeah, so you. That, you planned it for a long time. How did that go? Did you, was that, you, there was a lot of planning that went into it. I saw the promotion. Yes, yes. The, it was a lot of planning though we did it in a very short time. Yeah. <laughs> we, it, it's an idea that we had and then suddenly said, you can do this. So we, we had three months only yeah. to plan, write to sponsors, you know, ap- uh, apply for sponsorship. And that's a really short time to plan something in Uganda. Yeah. If you want it to be successful. Because <laughs> the service providers take yes, a long time. Yeah. Yeah, I know. You have to uh, go to the sponsors like six months, seven before they give yeah, you an yeah. answer. So it was short. But... For the first time, since it's the first time we were doing it, I would say it was very successful. Yeah. So in the in the UK, there was many years that women were regarded to be not funny and to not be good comedians. There were some great, like, famous female comedians, but for mm. some reason there was this weird divide between, like, there's real sexism in, in comedy and in the industry where women couldn't be funny, which they absolutely can, and it's, it's, it's a stupid thing. But now... There's this rise of them being all women bills in the UK to, mm. to support women and mm. everything. How have you found being a woman in the, U- yeah, the, the Ugandan comedy market? Being a woman, I think the only thing that limits women is self-doubt. Self-doubt? Yes. Mm. Women are actually very funny. And we make better comedians than men. But we have that thing of, eh, can I manage? You know, we doubt ourselves. And in Uganda, there's that oppression, as you said, the big divide. It's not really there between the men and the women. On the contrary, the men are very supportive. Once you prove your worth yeah, yeah. to them. So the difficulty is getting the opportunity in the first place. Yes. But once you get that opportunity, they support you 100%. And to attest to that, by the way, the Arise Woman organization of it, I got a lot of support from male colleagues. Yeah, they are very very helpful. So a, a lot of a lot of the comedy in the UK is about when you start, you do your open mics, you do your usual sort of standard pub pub ones where you perform to 
other comedians. There's no other audience members, it's just comedians. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know the ones. I'm sure you have them here. Yeah, we do. We have the Kubis yeah. open mic. <laughs> exactly. We just perform new content. New to, content, to exactly. The, yeah, yeah. Mm. But then as you do that, you meet other comedians who sometimes are promoters. And then these promoters know other people. And then you then the way that I've got bigger gigs and got mm. paid for gigs mm. is is by meeting people from the open mic nights who then like uh, upgrade you and stuff. So how much how much is knowing people or meeting people or liaising or like networking important in comedy? It's very important. That's why you see when when there are shows, comedy shows in in around Kampala make an effort to go there. Yeah. So that they see, the, hey, you are there. Would you like to perform next weekend? Yeah. Do you have content? Are you ready? Yeah. yeah. It's important to, to, to put yourself out there, meet yeah. people, network, because it's through meeting people that you get these shows. And it's your personality. If they like you, yes. then they'll give you opportunities. You'll not get a, a, a show from your sitting room. No one is going to come looking for you at yeah. home that, oh, I have this show. And it even happened to you when you didn't even mean it to when you first met when, when you were first with like Anka Simu who said you should do the yeah. the TV mm, the TV yes. production and you did it and you didn't <laughs> even try that one so yeah so you're a natural networker <laughs> I'll take a that hustler. as a compliment <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> so Anka Simu you're obviously your good friend now um, she made her big break in Kenya with Citizen TV. How much of how, how much have you tried to go out of Uganda as well? Do you want? Are you tend to try and to stay in Uganda, or do you want to venture out to Kenya to get a bigger market, or to venture out towards like the UK or US? Uh, I've just come back from Rwanda. You've come back from Rwanda. Yeah, okay, there was a, a, a show, a festival that actually it was a whole week. But because I had other shows in Uganda, I could not go there yeah, the whole week. Yeah. So I I went the day. I was supposed to perform. Uh, it was a very good show. Of course, I'll, I know Slightly I'm going back. population there, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, from there, I would like to venture to Kenya, Nigeria, yeah. South Africa. And you don't know, opportunity has a way of knocking at your door, eh? I uh-huh, might be uh-huh. somewhere. Uh-huh. Oh, We're speaking to an Englishman now. So <laughs> the, if you do come over to the UK, I want to. I can speak to obviously promoters. That's not a problem. So yeah. So is, is, you have aspirations to venture yes. out to, to grow your market. I want to go out of Uganda now. Last year was good for me. I did tours the whole of Uganda. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. There was yeah. a UG Pineapple comedy tour. So we went district by district, and I was on all their lineups. So mm-hmm. I was like, thank you, God, I finished Uganda now. Can you take me out of the country? <laughs> <laughs> and I was yeah. in Rwanda. So I might add that target now. You're still going to have to return for like yearly shows just to show your face, to stay Ugandan. You have to stay of Ugandan. Of course, yeah. I have to stay Ugandan. In the UK, comedy tends to take us through hardships. I just wondered how you construct your jokes, what, what they're about, and, and why you write them, the way you write them. I do jokes about everyday life. Yeah. Anything, anywhere I see, and I know I can develop it into a joke, I will go ahead and note it down. I always move with a notebook. I have one in my bag right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, I, just like you've said, in the UK, people have used comedy as a way of getting through their hardships. I think it's the same in Uganda. Yeah. We appear happy, naturally, but oh, yeah. we have our own problems. Mm. And we've used comedy as a way of getting through it. That can be shown by the number of comedy shows we have in Kampala these days. And yes. they are all full, usually. Uh, long ago, let me say, around 2004, there were like two comedy shows in a week, Wednesday and Thursday. Or 
But now every day from Monday to Friday there is a comedy show or two in a night somewhere really? and wow. they're all full. It shows you how people are trying to get away from their, you know, no more hassles, their stress to get a good laugh. And the jokes have helped. <laughs> Ugandans are funny. We find even in in a sad situation we find something to to funny you know something to make fun of yeah 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 i don't know if you heard about this the, the boat that sank i last did yes year. yeah yeah on uh, lake victoria yeah. the party boat yeah. it was a sad situation really but the way the phrase balance the boat became a joke uh-huh just because during <laughs> as the boat was going to sink and all that they had the, the dj telling people to you know yeah. divide themselves and balance the boat now that phrase balance the boat became a joke in everything uh-huh. it was a sad thing but we came out with balance the boat exactly i mean in the uk there's a lot at the moment there's this they call it the snowflake era mm. um i don't know if you you're familiar with the term no, 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 what it means is that people that are offended easily or seek to be offended mm. so they they will literally go onto like social media and look for things to offend them so they can complain about it mm. yeah so we call them snowflakes it's a very modern thing so they're like the 16 17 18 19 21 year olds that are coming through the, the education system now that are picking out offense in every corner about everything <laughs> yeah okay so one of the things that people don't quite understand is that there's not necessarily anything funny about dying there's not really anything funny about death or mm. or um someone like a tragic thing like mm. happened with that boat but what is funny what, what is funny is the is the the circumstances around it so how stupid could they be to fill up that boat absolutely full and then but when you're drinking you can't expect people to all to, to split mm. and stand at all different corners of the boat because they're drinking and they're meant yeah. to be socializing so mm. you come here to socialize but now you have to stand separate from your friends because you need to balance the boat <laughs> you know so around it there's there's content there's humor yeah there and, is and one day people will look back and laugh at those things and and so it, you just have to be as a comedian you just have to be intelligent yeah with, how, how you do bring it. it out here yeah. yeah that's true so have you had any compl- have you ever done anything that you've overstepped the mark you think oh what have i done <laughs> not really i am that you know cautious comedian though they say we are the right people to bring out something people are afraid of saying but i have my limits i think that the the worst i have done is you know ugandans are very sensitive uh-huh. Usually, they don't like these jokes or, or about HIV, AIDS, or what. When you're doing it, there is that silence in the audience. And yet, these are things we need to talk about. Exactly, yeah. We, the comedians, yeah. are the ones who can bring it out. Because you have a voice, you have mm. a platform. Yeah. So, the, the only joke I'd, I have ever gone, like, stepped over the line was that joke about HIV testing and all that. But about death and all that, I have my reservations. Maybe one day I'll be courageous enough to take that leap. <laughs> you have to have your USP, whatever's your niche, you know. Yeah. I mean, so if you, if you do like, you talk about everyday things, you come from a pretty humble background then, I imagine. Yes, yeah. I do. So what, what, what did your parents do? My dad is uh, an accountant. Okay, now he's an auditor, but he, when we were young, he was just an accountant. Uh-huh. My mom has always been a business lady. She had uh-huh. her, her stall, uh, they call it a stall, like a shop where she sells, mm-hmm. she used to sell dry fish. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, like we have the, like, the, the pork joint stalls. Yes. Like one of those. Yeah, yeah she mm-hmm. had, uh, in Nakawa market, there's a market there called Nakawa. She had uh-huh. her stall where she sells dry fish and vegetables and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I come from a humble background and we were many. So 
that, oh, yeah. that money was your not family, paid now. Your family's here. I don't understand your... <laughs> Everyone's a cousin or uncle or brother or sister or mum or dad or auntie or jaja. You know, I stopped, I stopped trying to understand yeah. the system. We have close relatives and then long distance uh-huh. relatives, those ones. But everyone's auntie and uncle. Mm. Everyone's, You're yeah. related somehow, somewhere. Yeah. Which is nice because if, if anyone's to retire, retire in Uganda because there's the, the healthcare system is within the village. Yeah. You know? So, like, when you grow old in the UK, they put you in like. Uh, uh, like home. an old people's home mm. and they abandon you until you uh, die in you Uganda know? I don't even think we have those homes no they here. don't exist the home no. is in the community exactly <laughs> yeah. so just bringing it back to like your childhood and growing up and obviously it wasn't your plan to be a comedian or actor what did you want to be when you were younger in Africa, when you're young, every stage you want some, to be something yeah, different. different same, yeah. <laughs> At one point, you want to be a teacher. Then when you grow up, you want to be a, a doctor. When you are in campus, you want to be a lecturer. Uh-huh. I don't even remember what I wanted to be, no. but I graduated. I'm a tourism graduate. Okay. I have a bachelor's okay. in tourism. Mm. So, when, so when you decided to take... Because interestingly with comedy is often, like I said before, you wanted to do it most people want to do it for a long time so they've already had the conversation with their parents mm. but your situation was slightly different it was that you hadn't planned to do it then you got this break and you're like mom and dad and now and now i'm an actor now i'm a comedian so what did they think to that you know my dad is this person who believes okay he used to believe that comedy or anything outside an office is not a career you know uh-huh. When I started acting, yeah, he used to watch me on TV and he liked it. But when I joined comedy, I think he still believed that after acting, I'll look, get serious and look for an office job, you know, mm-hmm. which I didn't. So I started doing comedy and every time there were prayers at home, he would pray for people to get jobs. And I was among the people <laughs> he's praying for to get jobs. <laughs> so and I told him, Daddy, stop praying for me to get jobs. I'm already working. Just pray for me to get a breakthrough. <laughs> so last year when I, I performed... At Africa Laughs, uh-huh. I said this is my opportunity to invite my parents to let them know that I am serious with uh-huh. what I am doing. So I invited them for Africa Laughs. From that day, he asked me, "So how is work?" He no longer asks how is the comedy. <laughs> he asked me how is work. Even for a rise woman, they were there, and yeah. they are proud. Now they are proud of what I am doing. They, they know... see that you're earning from it. That yeah, you're making money from it. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So, so now, so now he understands that you have a career. Yes. <laughs> He takes me seriously now. Yeah. yeah. So I know we, we sort of touched on this already, but I just wondered, going from not wanting to do it to doing it and now doing it all the time, mm. do you now have, like, big aspirations for it? Is this what you now want to do for, like, the rest of your life? Yes. I, would, I, I enjoy what I'm doing. I enjoy comedy. I love being on stage, and it's something I would like to do till I am really old. There is no age limit in comedy. As long as you're still funny, people will love you. Uh, right now, I want to focus more on Arise Woman. Uh-huh. Because it's now like my baby. Your baby, Yeah, I, I have to it, yeah. nurture it, watch it grow. And I want to use it as a, a platform to start a foundation. I want to start Arise Woman Foundation. Okay. That will help. Uh, because there's a charity thing connected to Arise Woman itself. We give oh, okay. back. Even yeah. the one we did uh, this in March, we gave back to Home of Hope. So from that, I got that idea of the foundation, which I want to, to use to help women and children, basically. Mm. 
Mm. And we are thinking of expanding it to other regions, not only in Kampala. So what with so what's the initiative you want to what's the goal with that with the foundation? What do you want to achieve with that? I just want to help. You just want to help. They are women are struggling a lot in Uganda with like sanitation with with the the, the general essentials that a teenager would need mm. things like that. Kids in northern Uganda, nodding disease. Every yeah. district we go to will will um, identify a women's group or a an NGO headed or owned by a woman that needs help, then part of the proceeds we give to them. Yeah. So if you, will you make then this Arise Women a monthly thing or a, or a yearly thing? Do you want to make it more regular than just once a year? Initially, we had planned to make it once a year. Uh-huh. That was For what happened. Women's yeah. Independence Day, yeah. But with the success of this first one, people were in our inbox because we have a page for it. So they were asking, when are you bringing a rise woman to Soroti? When are you bringing a rise woman to Gulu? So now we are thinking about it. But we can't just go. Mm. We need to first research about which, which, which organization are we going to help, which charity organization are we yeah. going to help. So that once we do the show today, the next day we hand over, then we come back to Kampala. So we are planning on making it more, more than... So you yeah, get like a yeah, monthly yeah, event, no, maybe. Monthly, yeah. Mm. <laughs> and I was very surprised when I was in Rwanda, and a journalist came up to me and told me, I want to interview you about Arise Woman. I was like, Arise Woman? He said, yeah, I've been following you on social media, so when do you hope to bring Arise Woman to Rwanda? I was like, wow. Wow. I was so humbled. <clears throat> so yeah, you never know. You did, you did this as, as a one-off thing originally, just originally it was to be yearly every yearly, women's uh, day 8th mm. of march every year so the plan was to come back uh, 8th march 2020 mm. but now with all the requests and we are thinking of making it more regular right mm. so why, why are you going to take do you want me to speak to some people in the uk see if we can get them to the uk <laughs> yeah that would be nice <laughs> There's no reason why not. I mean, they, they like I say, there's a there's a resurgence in um, supporting women through comedy and stuff. And mm. actually, anyone who's got some kind of like oppression, they're now doing a lot more to make it more like mixed and more equal for everybody. Mm. So it's it's really one of the things I've actually noticed in the UK that in, sorry in Uganda was really nice is that there does seem to be like a, like a national respect that men have for women here, like. Do you, do you know what I mean? Do you, don't know if you noticed that, but there seems to be a respect. Men know where they stand with women here. Yeah, that so is you know, something we, we know we are you're the boss. taught. Yeah, it's 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 something you're taught from childhood. Yeah, you should respect your woman. Never let because they're the ones who rear your children. Yeah. And yeah. look at every woman like your mother or your sister. Yeah. Don't do to her what you would not want someone else to do to your sister. You get so. Yeah, the 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 men here have a lot of respect for women. Just a very small percentage of mad ones are out there, but. <laughs> <laughs> so as you, as you grow in your comedy, it seems to be going. I mean, like you never expected a rise woman to be as popular as it was, and it's it's, it's you, you sometimes you wonder where all these people hide when they're hiding behind you, and you want you wonder where they're seeing your like social media things. Mm. Someone gets like some some. The, the, hits the ground running and suddenly gets some traction and, and starts going faster and, you, and you, you don't even plan it. I just wonder where these journalists or where these people actually hide 
<laughs> where, where they're watching your things because they they only show up at one mm, one time mm. at some point. But I just wondered how how do you how do you keep grounded because you you do a lot of relatable stuff. So you speak a lot about things that other people can relate about. But as you get more successful, the as a comedian, you have to create this illusion that you're one of them. Mm. You're you're one of the people that are buying your comedy. How do you stay current? How do you stay on that level? How do you lower your status to to remain humble? There is one thing people always tell me that I I am the most humble, like down to earth person. Let me say celebrity. I don't like that word. I don't know why, mm. <laughs> because I'm not yet a celebrity anyway. But they say I am the most down to earth celebrity they've ever met. Humility comes from within. Yeah. You never lose that. You should you never, never lose that. And I pray to God all the time to keep me humble so that I don't lose track. Once you you start growing wings, eh, that is the end of you. In Uganda, your fans can put you down. Fans will make you and fans will break you. Of course, yeah. So yeah. you better remain humble, lower yourself to your the level. You meet one on the streets calls you, you stand and greet, then walk. <laughs> don't ignore your fans. That is the only thing that will make you will, will keep you grounded and at the same time, keep you going. You know, what I found refreshing is that you know you've obviously got your success and people recognise you and everything. And this morning, you took a new a, a boda boda, which for the listeners in the UK, a boda boda is like a motorcycle that has um yeah, but they're basically Ugandan taxis, but on motorcycles, mm. and they're they're quite dangerous. They even have hospitals with the boda wards <laughs> that are specifically for these motorcycle you've been accidents. There. <laughs> and she took one. I don't know how many miles. But you took a, a half an hour journey this morning on one of those. Which I've done. I've done a few trips on them, but not mm. as far as that. So, do you not? Do you not fear like going? I've been. I've been. I've been downtown, and there's a white person going downtown is dangerous. You have to carry light. You have to. Mm. Do you still go downtown? Do you still? I go? do, but it's a hassle because every shop someone wants to talk to you. You you go there. You've planned to go for to shop for one hour. You'll shop for two hours and a half, and it's because fans are stopping you. Everyone wants you to buy something from yeah. their shop. <laughs> And then you have pickpockets as well. Yeah, man. In Uganda, it's like a, a job. <laughs> Last night, we walked like five minutes to a bar, and there were like three times people on motorcycles trying to take mm, our bags. Mm. Just, and we were in Kalala. Imagine. Is, and that is supposed to be a safe area. Yeah, that's going to be quite a you know, well-off area. And we were staying there and just walking down to one road, to one bar, to one lounge. And three times oh, someone tried. Pickpockets are very many in Kampala. Very mm. many. It's even worse during the festive season, like Christmas. Ah, yeah, yeah. I really. It's worse. I dream of a day that, I mean, you still you still get beggars and stuff in like the UK and stuff, but there's there's like legislation and laws and stuff that stop people from being able to do such things. Like there, there are cameras absolutely everywhere in in the UK. We have street lights everywhere, so some like thieves like fear mm-hmm. to do it because they know they they'll be seen by somebody. Ugandan thieves don't fear. There there are cameras also. Mm. Most in most places there are cameras, but mm. they 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 will show you. They can even rob you in front of a police station. <laughs> <laughs> that is how courageous Uganda is. To, to be honest, to be honest, robbing someone from a police station is probably safe uh. <laughs> because usually the police are out on patrol. <laughs> so the one place the police aren't are at the police station. <laughs> so if you're going to commit a crime, I'm not advising anyone to commit a crime. <laughs> all right, just need to clear that up before you know this gets. Goes to like again, get in trouble, get some complaints. But mm. you know, if you're gonna, if you are going to, but don't do it. But if you are going to, <laughs> do it outside of a police station because the likelihood is there's no there's no policeman there because they're out on patrol. <laughs> um, but don't do it. It's okay. Um, I might cut that bit out. I don't know. 
So you just you just keep grounded by speaking to your fans, being part of it. And how much is your since you first? Started, you see, let sorry. me first cut you short. Sorry. Yeah. These fans sometimes even have a joke or two for you. Oh, I know. Mm. Yeah, yeah. When you go and do an interview, like anywhere, they're like, "Tell me a joke." Tell me a joke. <laughs> or when you, you get recognized and someone says, you're a comedian, okay, tell me a joke. Yeah. Like, well, I do stories. <laughs> I write stories and I tell you a story. So it could take me 20 minutes to finish this joke yeah, for you. Yeah, yeah, I know. How long have you got? Do you want a coffee? <laughs> <laughs> there is a comedian who one time did a joke about that whole scenario. Like, make me laugh. You know, like someone meets you, a fan meets you yeah. and say, hey, you're the comedian. First, make me laugh. <laughs> so this, this, this other comedian said, so if I was a suicide bomber, would you still, still say, yeah, you're the suicide bomber. First, blast <laughs> me. <laughs> uh, let me demonstrate. <laughs> <laughs> would you still say that? Yeah. So they all laughed and said, okay, that is enough. That's a good joke. You did that on stage. <laughs> no, it wasn't me. It was another comedian. Ah, okay. So tell me a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, for the next year, you've you've suddenly got all this planning to do for the Arise Women and trying to mobilize that and get some funding and everything. But I just wonder what the next, aside from doing this Arise Women event and, and this regular event, what, what's your plan for the next like couple of years? What do you really want to get out of the next couple of years? Mm, for There's a plan of doing my one-man show somewhere next year. I've not picked a date okay. yet, but that is what I'm thinking about. So you want to do a bigger venue, you mean? Oh. It will still be the same venue. That venue is big. Yeah. Uh, Theatre La Bonita. That's where uh-huh. we did Arise Woman. It, it, if I'm to do the one-man show, that's where it's going to yeah. be. Yeah, I've mm-hmm. been there, actually. Yeah. yeah. So that's the plan. There's no sleeping on the job. <laughs> no sleeping on the job. You have to think uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> very fast. So are you, are you going to try... Are you going to actively try and get some gigs or something to do in the UK or somewhere else or out of, like maybe Kenya, like Citizen TV, maybe? Mm, I don't have plans of, of venturing into TV yet, but mm-hmm. maybe in future. Though, I, uh, of course, I have plans of going to perform on, in Kenya. My target is Churchill. It is a big deal there. So that is what I'm targeting. So you want to do, you want to do the, comedy, the comedy circuit in Kenya? Yes, it's a slightly bigger country to travel. <laughs> if you think it was difficult traveling around Uganda to do all the shows, yeah. Kenya's going to be more of a hustle, I think. Mean. I know. Yeah. And Kenyans are very serious people when it comes to comedy. They take it very seriously. Yeah. In Uganda, comedians are serious, but we have that, we are relaxed. Like, we do comedy. Most, most of them are employed, actually. They have, like, day jobs, and then well, comedy is, like, a passion or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Kenyans, they take it very seriously. Mm. More serious than us. Although I think in East Africa, Ugandans are funnier. We are the f- best comedians. Oh, okay. We are better comedians than Kenyans. But you think natural you... comedians? I, I, when I, when I go to Kenya and speak to some comedians there, I'll ask them the same question. Let's see what they think. To what you Please. just said. I'll, I'll play them exactly this clip. <laughs> I would love to hear their reply. <laughs> I just tell them that there's no negotiating on this. You can have your opinion, but you're going to be wrong because the Ugandans <laughs> are the funniest people. Yeah. It was really funny. There was a comedian I know on the circuit in, in the UK. And when I told him I was going over to Uganda to, what, to, to do the, the introduction and then also to speak to some comedians, he goes, Uganda have comedians. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, it, it was, I just couldn't believe what he said. I just thought that... Oh. You should have come with him. Uh, and he, he sees all the comedians we have exactly, here. Exactly, yeah. I know there's going to be some Ugandan listeners for this, so I just wondered, like, any comedians that are, like, thinking about getting into comedy, 
like from a really early stage is there are there any tips like when you that you would give them if they they want to start a career in in comedy mm, first of all you have to believe in yourself it starts with you me it didn't start with me because someone someone yeah, else had to, 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 to point it out to me that yeah. you can do this but self belief is very important if you know that you can do it go for it and uh, another thing i know in the comedy industry let me say in the entertainment industry you have to be constantly creative you have to think of new things every day you cannot come and do the same jokes every day your fans will get tired of you so write material be very creative original your own things not even copy uh-huh. other you yeah, know there are comedians who go online and just those memes or what they are just copying everything from online do your own thing and people will identify with you they say oh that joke is for Aggie. that joke is for Maggie. that joke uh, be friendly be friendly yes wherever avoid, you are avoid avoid unnecessary wars with people i know there are comedians who are always fighting each other be friendly with other people, comedians that's how you're going to get gigs yeah. someone can get a gig and is busy and he'll say oh i have agi she can do it but now if you're fought with that person the person say i'm busy bye They i don't remember. even recommend mm-hmm. you or anything yeah so be friendly and then put god first in everything you do really <laughs> pray and you know When you've had a really bad gig, like when it's gone really bad, because I'm sure you have had them. Yeah, every comedian has ever had that. Yeah. How do you pick yourself up? How do you recover from difficulties like that? The worst thing that can ever happen to a comedian is to die on stage. Uh-huh. I know people who have wanted to join this industry, they give them the stage, they die once and never come back. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> But if you love what you're doing, you go back, sit, ask yourself what went wrong, <laughs> mm. do more research, work on that same... Usually when my that piece has not worked I go back to that same piece mm-hmm. and see how I can make it better then go and perform it on another platform not that ah. same one where I, I I did it already and it usually works mm. so yeah I'm on the same I have to when I've had a bad gig I literally have to get back on that stage even if I could do it in the yes. same night I'd want to go back on somewhere that else that is true the best Just thing it. to get over that fear is to get back on stage and have a good gig yes yeah. do you have like a statistic of how many times you try one one like bit of material yes i do i i do when i do a joke i perform a joke on different platforms uh-huh. and it doesn't work i let it go uh-huh, okay i know this one even if i add what it will not work so i let it go but if if it works I I usually look for my friends we we usually have rehearsals with yeah, other yeah. comedians mm. like you tell them I have this joke you pass through for them then they add they have other things they can add for you if it works I see how to build it further make it you know bigger and better and then go and perform it somewhere else So do you have like smaller locations you perform first like the like open mics and stuff just to try material yes, before you do. go on to do mm, it on the biggest stage We do stage? we do and it, it they are both run by Uh, Timothy Nyanzi there's a, a comedian called Timothy Nyanzi actually he's the one we send to everyone who wants to join the industry yeah they we tell them go to Timothy Nyanzi he's like he has mentored many people so he he runs there is Kubi's open mic uh-huh. uh every last tuesday of the month so next time i come i'm going to do the comedy store i'll go there first yes check the material yes. and then do that would be nice yeah okay thank you so much for joining me agnes thank you for hosting me look 
It was so awesome to speak to Agnes about her world of comedy, and she's had a surprisingly similar experience to many comedians I've spoken to in the UK. Well, anyway, you heard it from her first. Women are funnier than men, and Ugandans are funnier than Kenyans. I'll leave that one for you to have a think about. But check her out on YouTube and follow her on Facebook. Details will be available in the show notes. There are two more episodes I recorded in Uganda, and they will both be released next week, so be sure to keep an eye out for them. But for now, that's it from me. See you soon. Hello, I'm Luke Anthony. Do you love hearing about the stars, careers, lives and mental health? Or Meet the Stars is a brand new podcast all about that. Join me every week from Wednesday the 2nd of December for an excellent conversation with a different star each episode. Simply go over to members.starevents.online to become a member which gives you exclusive access to every episode and so many other brilliant features just for you. See you there.